You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. Give this podcast a follow as well. That is simply at Locked On Cubs. All right, it is Friday. I hope you're doing well. This episode is a brought to you, is out, but around lunchtime. Hopefully, you're checking it out right before the Cubs' 120 start against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'll be previewing that Diamondbacks series. Also, recapping last night's defeat against the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, the Cubs lost three or four to the Cardinals. Talking a little bit about Adbert Alzali, Chris Bryant's injury. Is it real? What's going on with that? Some things Anthony Rizzo said to reporters last night and a little bit more as the trade deadline is fast approaching. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Join the party, download Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our locked on rooms. It's awesome. Okay, Cubs fans. You guys okay? You guys okay? It's been been a rough go, as we all know. And now that we are about a week or so away maybe about eight or nine days away from the trade deadline. I'm going to start to mentally prepare us for the type of episodes you're going to hear from me in August and September. Now I know it's going to be sad. We'll probably have some like tribute episodes. I'm sure if uh, Bryant goes, I'll have a whole episode dedicated to the Chris Bryant highs and lows. And I'll, I'll bring on some guests for those ones and we could really Enjoy some of our fond memories. We'll make them fun, right? And I'll do that for each one of the players that ends up getting traded. Even for one who hasn't been here that long, like like a Kimbrel or a Zach Davies who pitches today for the Cubs and what could be Zach Davies' final appearance. I don't know if I'll donate or donate. I don't know if I'll dedicate an entire episode to Zach Davies, but I'll, I'll give him a segment, right? He's around for a little bit. Skinny guy, looked like, uh, you know, he's part of a combined no-hitter. I guess there's, there's the Zach Davies tribute. Zach Davies was part of a combined no-hitter. Good luck to you. All right, that one's done. Got Deck Davies out of the way. So it's going to be some interesting stuff to talk about. But again, we love the sport of baseball. We love our Cubs, even though right now they're hurting us. So we're definitely going to keep it entertaining. You know, I'm going to encourage some more fan segments. We're going to, I'm going to have more guests, all this sorts of stuff. And really, I know I've, I've hinted at guests before, and I've had a few on. We've done some crossover episodes with uh, different fan bases and things like that. And I had Roy Wood Jr. on. I'm going to, though, look for some more guest interaction because now you're not really following the daily grind of the Cubs. Here's where I think we need to shift our focus as a fan base. And I thought about this with last night's game. Here, here's how I'll segue into the, re- the recap of last night's Cubs-Cardinals game in which the Cubs lost by a score of 3-2. to two, Is that you need to start realizing, or we all do, I should say, that certain players are going to have weird performances, but it's not so much. You don't focus on the results so much as focus on the process. What I mean by that is like Adbert Alzali. Let's talk about Adbert. Adbert had a real nice stretch for a while where he got his ERA down to the mid threes. Then he had a game against the Padres. He had to leave early. Now he'd face the San Diego for the second time in a row. The first time he pretty much dominated them. And then this time he had a, finger blister thing. So it ended up putting him on the IL. He wasn't as sharp regardless. And then he, since he's come back, he's been, he's been bad. ERA around six and a half. His ERA in the year is now up to 4.58, but 
but he did bounce back nicely yesterday. He had a rough start to the game, but he ended up putting up quality numbers. Now, a quality start, there's a stat called QS, quality starts. Uh, to qualify for a quality start, a pitcher must go at least six innings and give up no more than three earned. So three earned in six innings is a quality start. He struck out eight. Nice to see. Walks up a tick for him. Three walks, but still very manageable. No, normally, he walks about one or two. He's very good with his control. The home run ball continues to be a problem for him, though. He gave up two. A leadoff shot to Dylan Carlson and a two-run shot to Nolan Arenado. Arenado's homered off, homered off him before, so I think Nolan just kind of has this guy's number for the time being. Now, I bring up the the process over the results because I feel like going forward for Adbert, they are going to try to get him to learn how to throw a, a, a changeup to left-handed hitters. They're going to want him to improve on that for each outing. The slider plays a little, the slider plays devastating to right-handers. I mean, Adbert's numbers against righties, he's dominating them. Lefties are giving him fits. I don't know if he's in his head about it now because a few of them started, you know, pounding the ball off of him. And he's a little bit hesitant to cut that slider in, but he needs to work on his command towards lefties and another pitch, an off-speed pitch to lefties will really benefit Adbert because I think he has upside, very high ceiling. His stuff plays as a two or an ace even. That's how good his stuff is. So I think that's what you're going to look for, though. So what I mean by that as a fan, if in Adbert's next start, he's a little bit more wild, gives up a few more walks, and is, isn't right, ask yourself, well, he's probably just working on that changeup. Right now, it's about the process for them to progress. Don't worry about the results too much. He might have an inning where he gives up three or four runs, but then the next couple innings, he's, you know, the changeup's working. And it's like, oh, he was getting bombed because he couldn't get that changeup where he wanted to. But now it's all right. That's what you, you look for these things. It's been a long time as Cubs fans since we've had to shift our focus from a team that's competing for a playoff spot to a team that is looking for a better draft position, perhaps. So every time there's a loss, I think obviously you want to beat the Cardinals and Brewers and then the White Sox because those three teams are our rivals. But any other team, if we lose, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I mean, I want to win. I want the W. But at this point, we have to accept our faith and know that we're not making the playoffs. And every time we lose, it helps improve our draft position. And then you have to find different things to root for. And I'm going to do a whole podcast in which I break down. I think I'm going to come up with like maybe three to five things, the five storylines to watch for in the months of August and September. Let's talk about last night's game. Again, I gave you Adbert's line. He started a little shaky, but then came on strong. He's been tough luck, though, for the most part, because his record is 4-10. and 10. That's why the pitch-loss record seems a little unfair. There are times where you put together a quality star and the other and your team didn't score for you. Offensively, the Cubs, good Lord, three hits. That's all the Cubs had yesterday were three hits. Javier Baez went one for three. Drake Marisnik went one for four. He had the, the double that drove in two runs. So he had the two RBI, the lone two. And Ortega was one for three. Those three hitters. Nobody else did anything. I think Nico Horner got hit by a pitch. And that's how he got on base. No, he reached out in there. Because I do remember seeing him on base. Contreras was 0 for 4. Rizzo was 0 for 4. We'll talk about Rizzo in a little bit. Wisdom was 1. For, oh, I'm sorry. Wisdom was 0 for 3. He did walk. Struck out twice, though. And then, you know, I told you goodbye as Mariznick and Ortega. Horner was 0 for 3. And Ian Happ was 0 for 2. Pinch hitting. Chris Bryant did pinch hit. He drew a walk. That was nice to see. 
Hayward came in to pinch run for him, though, so maybe that hamstring is serious. Or again, they could just be taking it extra precautious. You don't want him to get hurt before you plan on trading him. Uh, pains me to say that out loud. And that was that. Bullpen-wise, nobody gave up any runs. Dylan Maples did blast Sosa, the shortstop for the Cardinals, in the head with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. So scary moment there. Thankfully, he was okay. I remember seeing a lot of fans on Twitter saying, why Maples? We're down by one. That's another thing, Cubs fans. You need to prepare yourself for this. I was okay with David Ross putting Maples in there. We're going to need to find out what we got in Dylan Maples. And I know you might be thinking, we already know what we got. Okay, but still, we got to truly test it. Let's see what he can do in high leverage situations, meaning we're up by a run, down by a run, game's close, whatever. Over these final two months in August and September, that's what you, that's what, you know, other teams sometimes have the luxury of doing that. During the Cubs' run of making the playoffs tw- five, five out of six years, 2015 to 2020, and the one year they missed was in 2019 when entering the month of September, they were in playoff contention. But other teams flat out just got up to bad starts and never re- recovered. Those teams were able to take a look at guys. I hear a lot of people saying like, oh, the Cubs should be like Tampa. Tampa from 2014 to, I'm sorry, from 2013 to 2017 was a losing team. They compiled draft picks. They were able to develop some guys at the major league level. And as those guys got a little bit better, they, were, they made some smart trades. Those, you know, they were, that's how they did it. I don't think, I don't want the Cubs to be a team that are bad for three or four years, then good for four years, then bad for three years, then good for four years. That's Tampa's model because they don't have money. We have money. We have the highest ticket price in baseball. But even with the exception of the Dodgers, Every team that's won a World Series or, or you know made the playoffs, I should say, because we don't know what the Dodgers this year, they've missed the playoffs during their run. The Astros and the Cubs were kind of on the same timeline. The Astros made the playoffs in 2015, just like the Cubs did. But in 2016, when we won the World Series, people forget the Astros didn't make the playoffs that year. They, they kind of have these reset years, which is nice because then you're like, all right, we're not making it. Let's see what we got in some of these guys. So that's the Cubs are stretching Justin Steele out right now to see if he could be a starter. Those are going to be some of the things we're going to have to watch for. And offensively, maybe you'd let Rafael Ortega play as much as possible. You know, you got Matt Duffy. He's he's going to be back in the lineup today. The Cubs lineup was announced today, everybody. It is uh, Ortega leading off playing center field. Chris Bryant is back out there in left field. Anthony Rizzo playing first base, hitting third. Javi Baez at short. Matt Duffy at third. Hayward playing right field, batting seventh. Nico Horner hitting eighth, playing second base where he is gold glove caliber. I'm sorry, batting seventh, I should say. Chirinos, Robinson Chirinos is your catcher. Contreras was due for a day off. And Zach Davies is on the bump. Built Bar, everybody. Built Bar now has an insane amount of delicious flavors. There is something for everyone. They're definitely, I'm telling you right now, they've got so many good flavors that you you might think to yourself, I bet they don't have this. They probably do. They got coconut, raspberry, mint brownie. That's my favorite. It's delicious. Double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Unbelievable. And here's the best part. They've got 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar. Calories ranging from 130 to 180 and only four to five grams of sugar, which I think is key with any nutritional bar that you are going to use to start off your day right all these other ones, you don't notice it, but they, because they brag about their protein. We got 20 grams. Yeah, you also have 18 grams of sugar. No, thank you. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. 
That's pretty awesome. And here's the deal. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Cubs fans, there is another thing I wanted to talk about right now. Anthony Rizzo was talking with reporters last night. He is on one of the worst skids of his career where he's he's just not hitting. It's... um. Yeah, it's one of those things where I, I've talked about it before at nauseum. I feel like I've talked about how it's. I feel like a lot of it is mental. I feel like he was, he pressured him. He put too much pressure on himself early to get off to a hot start because he felt insulted over the lack of a contract extension, and now because of it, it's like a chicken and an egg situation amongst the fan base. And I hate to see it because this was a guy that every Cubs fan worshipped, Anthony Rizzo. For not only his play, the, the way he interacted with fans, his countless, countless efforts to help battle patriotic cancer, visiting sick kids in the hospital, raising millions and millions, millions of his own money towards helping build a wing at Lurie's Hospital. Like he's been everything you could want out of a player on your team. And this year, it feels like there's been some things where I, I sense uh, some people turning on him, which you just hate to see. You know, you got to have some empathy in some sense. I know he's getting paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game. Of course, that's the perspective. But the perspective is this is a guy who's been wanting to be a Cub for his whole life. And and he wants to continue to be a Cub for the rest of his career. So he talked to reporters. He admitted that he feels like, you know, it's it's getting to him a little bit. And he's trying his best to just focus in the, in the, and grind out at bats and get back on track. But there's something in the body language. He hit a, a ball in the ninth inning, and he's hitting the ball hard too. Off the bat, it's coming hard, but a lot, you know, just some hitting is some tough luck too. He is striking out way more than he normally does, and I feel like that's part of the mental side of things, trying to do too much, expanding your strike zone. He hit one up the middle, and you know they played him right in the shift and all that, and you could tell he got he was thrown out very, very, very easily. And he stepped on first and kind of just stood on the bag for half a second before he picked himself up to run back to the dugout. And it is weird, by the way, that the Cardinals away team dugout is on the third baseline. Most teams, home team is third baseline. Cardinals, do you always have to be so difficult? Must you be so difficult, St. Louis? So you could tell he's just, and I've had that, I've had that. And, and things where you're, you're trying your best and things just aren't clicking for you at the moment and you, you feel like giving up. And I can tell that that's happening with him a little bit. Now, I bring this up again. I've been talking about this a little bit as of late because some fans are asking, how come manager David Ross isn't sitting this guy? His heart doesn't seem 100% in it right now. Maybe Rizzo needs a day off or two to reset. I totally see where you're coming from on that. I hear you on that. I tend to agree. I think maybe a day off would suit him well. I don't think you're going to see it this series because this, again, it's a home weekend series in late July. could be one of his last ones. I don't think you'll see it at all, actually, because I, I sense that Anthony Rizzo might be traded. So I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think Anthony Rizzo is going to be on the bench and also gets tapped on the shoulder going, Jed wants to see you. Because for a lot of fans, I'm not sure if you realize this happens where a player's playing, they're at first base, and all of a sudden the manager gives them a wave, and then in the middle of the inning, they'll walk off the field, and everyone in the stadium knows they just got traded. And then the cameras show them hugging their teammates, and and then they go down into the clubhouse, and that's that. There's been players who have been traded to the team they're facing. 
I think that happened in the um, in the movie Moneyball. They were playing the Cleveland Guardians. How about that, Cleveland Guardians? Everyone, the news: Cleveland Indians are no more. Starting in 2022, they will be the Cleveland Guardians. A lot of people go Guardians. That's a terrible name, but I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, so I associate it with something positive. Also, try not to get too mad with a team that you're not even a fan of changes their name. I'm not a fan of them. I don't care what they call themselves. I think of that line in the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off when he's talking about European socialism. He's like, I'm not European. I don't plan on being European. So why do I care if they're socialist? They can be fascist anarchists for all I care. I still want to change the fact that I don't own a car. Think about that. Ferris was basically saying happiness is when you stay in your own lane. That's what I think. Maybe. I don't know what Ferris. Ferris was very philosophical and a Cubs fan. So it's, yeah, in the movie Moneyball, uh, Rincon was traded from Cleveland to Oakland. So he literally just walked to the other side and went into the home uh, locker room. That has happened on more than one occasion, believe it or not. So I don't think Rizzo is going to be benched. Now, a lot of people think, well, Ross clearly has favoritism towards Rizzo. We all know how well-documented their friendship is from when Rizzo was a player on the Cubs, when Ross was on Dancing with the Stars, Rizzo was seen in videos with him. They're, they're very tight. There's no denying that they have a close friendship. I bring up the idea of Ross playing favoritism towards Rizzo because I don't think it's true. I've heard stories on sports radio and from other outlets that have basically shown times in which Rizzo was put in his place by Ross in the 2015-2016 season, and Rizzo responded to it with respect. So why did Javi get benched, though, where Rizzo isn't? Now, I know it's mental errors versus you know just not being a good base runner. That's more physical, perhaps, or I don't know. Javi Baez, since David Ross pulled him from that game, has been on fire. I'm not kidding you. His, his stat line is awesome. He's hitting over 300, and that's he's walking more. He's got the pop. He's been, if he was this guy all season, we'd be in first place by four games. Maybe that's a slight exaggeration, but it would be a world of difference. I actually had the stat line just a second ago. His stat line since he got pulled is hold on, it was right there. Sorry, everybody. 303 batting average, 365 on base, which is nearly 100 points higher than how he's been. 553 slugging for a 917 OPS since manager David Ross pulled him from that game. So maybe David Ross knew what he was doing. When you manage people, not just as a coach for a team, but on any type of job, you have to know their personality and how they responded and how they would respond. I'm thinking David Ross knows I need to yank Javi. This is the wake up call Javi needs. Javi's the type of guy who will respond to this. I pull him now. I am going to see a more motivated, determined Javier Baez the rest of the way because he's going to take it as you're going to bench me. I'll show you, which is what I want him to do. I want him to start playing like gangbusters the rest of the way. And that's how Javi responded. Javi's been awesome since he did that. Whereas maybe if David Ross were to do that to to Anthony Rizzo, Rizzo wouldn't respond the same way. Maybe Rizzo would go further down the spiral, get more in his head and all this other stuff and play worse. So you have to know who to manage and how. Some people need positive reinforcement. Some people need a kick to the pants, right? That's, that's the, that's, there's millions of books about this, about how to manage different types of personalities. I know I was better when I got pumped up. 
I, my little brother, I remember when he was like nine, I, I'm like 13 years older than him. I was helping coach. Like I was like help pitching coach for his little league team. Maybe he was like 10 or so. And you know, he got into a jam and he struck out the bases loaded. Nobody out. He strikes out the side. He had great control. He had really good mechanics. Thanks to me. I'm, I'm going to take credit for it. Your mechanics, bro. And I remember when he came off, I go, come here, come here. Cause I could tell he was real, like mad that the bases got loaded in the first place. And then, you know, obviously he was happy. He struck out the side and no runs came in. But I was like, come here. I pulled him aside where other adults couldn't see. And I was like, that was effing awesome. You know? And I, and then he, he was like 10, but like the fact that his older brother swore and did it in a way to pump him up, he responded with, yeah. And he, he gave a 10 year old high five me harder than most adults have ever high five me. I still feel that high five. He high fived the heck out of me because he was jacked up. I knew that's what he needed to hear at that time. He wanted that in that moment. Some people are, everyone's different with their personality. So I give everyone who's mad at David Ross for pulling him. Uh, you might owe an apology because it's clearly worked. Javi Bias has responded. So I think kudos to manager David Ross and knowing his player personnel. Bet online, everybody. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. So before the next pitch, hover to Bet Online on your laptop or cell phone and check out all the great news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't send the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as your team preps for their run to the playoffs. That is not us, Cubs fans. That is not us. Head to the website to use your mobile device. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, mobile, your cell phone, use your phone. Who is it? Who, what, which, uh, which Englishman wrote this, uh, this copy, huh? And receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is a sweet offer though. 50% welcome to bonus on your first deposit. Yes. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. All right, Cubs fans. You know, things have been down and, and depressing in a little bit, all that kind of stuff. But I, I want to share with you some fun stuff, right? Because well, first, can I ask everyone, if you're a fan of this podcast, which I hope you are, starting next week, the podcast will be out a lot earlier. The last three episodes have been out in the afternoon. I've had to reset my brain a little bit. I've been trying to get more sleep. I have a Fitbit, and the Fitbit was like, you're getting about five hours of sleep a night. That's not going to cut it for too long. So when the Cubs were playing these night games, I, I chose to just get a good night of sleep. And I'm like, I'll podcast in the morning, fresher. It'll make for better content, hopefully. It'll make for a more enjoyable listen for you, the listener of Lockdown Cubs, because I love you guys. I, I appreciate it and I'm grateful for each and every one of you. So episodes will be back out first thing in the morning. If you listen to this on your morning commute, I'll be right there with you. Now, I'm going to ask for you guys, if you like this podcast, even if you don't even love it, if you just kind of like, you're like, it's okay. Can you write me some positive reviews? Cause I got into a little spat on Twitter that I don't, I don't need to go into in which uh, a fan base of another team came after me pretty hard. And in a lot of uh, just not in, in factual ways, I get accused of being uh, a shill for the rickets. They're like, this guy is just uh, saying what the man wants to say. He's basically a mouthpiece for the Cubs. And I thought to myself, this person clearly has not listened to this podcast. Cause I often has said, have said that it will be a colossal mistake for this team not to spend this upcoming offseason. And I have criticized a lot of moves from ownership. I've put the blame on them for this window coming to an end. Their inactivity this, and their cheapness these last few offseasons is why everything is falling apart the way it is. 
I've said that often. So clearly these reviews were meant to just hurt me personally and not go and and not because they don't like the podcast. It had nothing to do with it. These were just people who were sent after me because I made a mistake on Twitter and it's, you know, it's not enough for some people. They, you know, you say something wrong and even if it's not really offensive and it's, you know, it was vague enough and I was trying to make fun of the type of fan who would say a thing and, you know, I've said my piece on it. I apologize if people don't want to accept the apology. Okay, fine. I, you don't you don't have to like me, but when people go after your company and and try to get you fired, it's pretty pathetic. That I won't shy away from saying. Now, Cubs fans, I was reminded of this because I was talking. I was thinking about all the times I used to take the Addison bus to Cubs games, and there had been some fun moments after a game, win or loss, win or lose, with Cubs fans because you're all crammed into a bus, you're having a good time, and I'll never forget. Uh, the idea of talking to strangers on the bus, I was 13. And my father had said to me, when you turn 13, I'll give you some cash and you and like three friends, so a group of four of you could go to a Cubs game by yourself, no adult supervision. Which, think about it, in today's day and age, to send four 13-year-olds on a CTA bus by themselves would be, they'd call child services on my father, I feel like. Even though when I was 13, I was like 5'8", I was, I was 5'9", I was pretty big. I stopped growing when about 14 or so, maybe 15, I grew another inch, but um, I'm about 6'2 now, if you're wondering. And uh, so I was, what was I going to say? Anyway, though, so, um, you know, we're on the bus, people are excited. You know, a lot of people are going to the games, filling up with Cubs fans. And, you know, uh, I, was, I, was, I felt like a Cubs mitzvah. I'm 13. I get to go to a game by myself and my friends. Yeah, right. We're going to have a great time. This was a, a bad Cubs team too, so the tickets were not hard to come by. But we're st- we're sitting across from this really really big dude, and he starts to talk to us. Turned out he was like eighteen or thirteen, and we noticed it was really his shoes were huge. Because I remember nudging my friend, going, "Look at the size of this guy's feet," you know. And the guy noticed that, and I was like, "Dude, I got to ask, how big are your feet?" Dude was wearing a size sixteen, and I was like, 16. And the reason I was so impressed. I was thirteen when I was thirteen. I have the same size shoe since I was thirteen years old. I wore a size thirteen when I was thirteen. Everyone, my friends were like, "Dude, you're gonna be like six eight. I, I was like, "No, I'm not. That's not how height works. I'm, I'm probably gonna be done growing in a year. Luckily, my family prepared me for that. Because when you're that really huge, tall kid early on, you think it's not gonna end. And they, they told me they're like, "Your friends will eventually catch up to you soon enough." And a lot of them did, um, which was weird because I was like, "I was a foot taller than you a year ago. What happened?" And so this dude, I think he was six eight. He told us or six nine, and he wore a size sixteen. And I'm like, man. And then uh, we, my friend, asked him about playing in college because he just graduated high school. And he goes, I didn't even play my senior year. He's like, you didn't play for your high school team? I can't remember what high school he went to. And then he's like, no. When I was a year ago, I got shot in the knee. And we're like, Bleh. you got you took a bullet to the knee? He's like, yeah, yeah. I was over off of North Avenue in Laramie or whatever. I was down over there, and stuff went down. And I went to go help my buddy with his girlfriend and took a stray bolt to the knee and we're just like, Oh, cool. Um, so Steve Traxel's pitching. He's pitching today. Um, he's kind of a slow pitcher. Takes too much time between pitches. That's a big critique on him. So like, what do you say to that? We're 13 years old. We're all like, man, my one idiot friend was like, can we see the bullet wound? He's wearing pants. So he's like, I'm not going to roll my pant leg for you, pal. But then again, part of me was like, maybe he's lying. Is he messing with us? Is that why you asked? He's like, no, I really just want to see a bullet wound. I've never seen one before. I'm like, it's a fair question. And then you get old and you realize you shouldn't act that way. But it was a great game. I think the Cubs actually did win, although Ryan Sandberg dropped a pop-up, and it was one of Sandberg's last games as a Cub. So this would have been 1997. I turned 13 years old. 
And uh, I didn't know at the time, but it became a, it was being Harry Carey's last season as a Cubs announcer. Cause he sadly passed away in the off season that year, the following off season. And I guess when it was a pop-up in the air, I think something like Harry said, Oh, he'd never drop this in a million years. And then he dropped it. <laughs> so I was like, what? Oh my God. I can't believe that happened. But here's something that'll make you jealous. Cubs fans long for back in the late nineties before Sammy Sosa hit 66 home runs and everything turned around in Wrigleyville where it just became an endless sea of bars. There was always bars, but now it's bar, 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 restaurant, bar, restaurant. We bought four bleacher tickets. We didn't have them in advance. In advance. We didn't have tickets in advance. We walked right up to Will Call, or not Will Call, the box office. Will Call's where you pick up tickets you already bought. And said, uh, we want four tickets. And the guy's like, well, where do you want to sit? And I go, do you have bleachers? And he said, yep. And he goes, I'm like, all right, cool. Four bleacher tickets. We had our cash. It was $24. I can't remember if that was total or $24. And then there was tax after that. But it was $24, six bucks a ticket to sit in the Wrigley Field bleachers in 1997. Wow. Are those days never coming back? All right, Cubs fans. I hope everyone here has a great weekend. Thank you for supporting Lockdown Cubs and listening to this podcast and talking Cubs with us because uh, it's fun. We can't do it without listeners. We really appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And as always, go Cubs. Lockdown bets, everybody. Betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.